This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Don't let your friend touch your button. A decomposed bat salad. Don't do the crime if you can't drive stick shift. The biggest Cubs player movie star of all time. And Rick's brush with Jay Leno. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Welcome to another edition of Minutia Man with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. I'm Rick Kempfer, coming to you from Mount Prospect, Illinois. And he is Dave Stern, and I'm from the northwest side of Chicago. Inner city, Rick. And sounded good. I mean, this... We may have solved our technical difficulties. Yeah. It was 100% well, Dave's fault. Right. And when we say we solved the, the difficulties, Michelle, my wife, solved the difficulties. Okay. Uh, it appears we had an internet thing going on. I don't know. Our internet wasn't fired up on all cylinders. or So she got a router and a big old <laughs> antenna thingy, you know, and she put it, you know, she's... She's taking the cords, putting them in and out and stuff. Yeah. And there's lightning in the air. She's like right. Doc Brown sliding down the pole. Yeah. Right. It's like in Young Frankenstein. She she was all black and white with all the, you know, like the tubes, right? The like the sparky it's tubes alive. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so she did it. And I, you know, we're the, the Internet is faster now. I could get so much more work done quicker. Um, so things are good. Yes. Well, and you sound great too, by the way. Thank you. You know, Uh, I've got a microphone, so, you know, that always makes me sound better. Uh, before I forget, and this is kind of unrelated, which is kind of what we do. Um, (laughs) yesterday I was driving home and I was stopped at a red light on Milwaukee and like Montrose basically. Yeah. So I glanced to the guy while I'm stopped at the stoplight, I uh, glanced to a guy that's parked on the side of the street. Yeah. And he's and he's removing a bumper sticker from the back from his bumper, <laughs> as bumper stickers are tend to be. Okay. So I just kind of look at him at 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 the bumper sticker that he was removing was have you ever seen those bumper stickers that says coexist with all the different religious Yeah. Yeah. Symbols? Yeah. He was removing that from his bumper. <laughs> Screw everybody else. <laughs> right, right. So I rolled out the window. I rolled out the window. I go, bad day? And he looks at me, and he didn't understand. I don't know if he spoke English. I don't know what it was. I don't know if he got this car from a friend, and he just didn't like bumper stickers. I have no idea what happened before the removal of the coexist <laughs> bumper sticker to the, the to the remo- you know. But he just looked at me, didn't say a word, and I drove on. So, uh there's one less coexist bumper sticker in Chicago right I now. I love it. Donald Trump's America, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And you had kind of an eventful weekend, didn't you? Tell the tell the listening audience about what well, happened. Well, yeah, I uh, I spent the night in the hospital at a uh, sleep uh, uh, study place because mm-hmm. uh, I I have sleep apnea apparently. Have they? Uh, have they diagnosed you? Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have it. They, okay. It, it, you know, have you ever done one of those things? I did one many years ago, but it was not an overnight thing. It was kind of like an hour thing that they put the, like the aircraft carrier mask on me. Yeah. Did you have that? Did you yeah, have that thing? Going I on? did not dig that at all. 
I mean, so I I, I just fell asleep naturally because uh, I was able to, and I might mm-hmm. have taken a uh, Excedrin PM or two, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I hear a little voice through a speaker and it's this guy named Keith, who's my sleep technician. And he says, I'll be in there in a second and I'll put on the CPAP. It's called the CPAP. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he comes in and he, he takes the, and first of all, I've got like wires all over me, electrodes, you know, everything wired up from head to toe. And he puts this like oxygen mass sort of on my face, except that there's no oxygen. Right. So you have to like you're training yourself to breathe differently and Mm -hmm. try to sleep while you're doing that, by the way. Yeah. Try to sleep and remember to go must exhale out of my mouth. You know, know, I must inhale through my mouth. You know, just it sucked. I hated it. I got about I'd say about two hours of sleep, which is about what you get any night. Right. Yeah, so I might as well just have sleep apnea, <laughs> uh, right? So now, what? Um, so, well, let me ask you a question. So, Keith, yeah. did he have a soothing voice, or was did he have a really irritating voice? I mean, he had to have a pretty soothing voice. Well, here's the thing: it's... Keith recognized my name. <laughs> yeah, uh, from I don't know from the radio days or something, and and he was asking me a million questions about celebrities. Hey, hey, did you ever meet uh, Bill Murray? You know, this is all before while he's wiring me up, you know, hey, Mel Brooks, do you ever meet Mel Brooks? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so think about think about this. Think about you're wired up, you're sleeping. You know, there's a video uh, actually filming you right, right while right. you're sleeping. And somebody is like literally watching you sleep and monitoring your sleep. And it's some guy who like listened to you on the radio 25 years ago. It just it felt really creepy. Um, pretty low stress job on Keith's part, though, don't you think? Well, he's got to be there all night. It's not the hours suck. Well, he could. How do you, how do you know that Keith wasn't sleeping while you were sleeping? Because he, he gave me a full recap of all my sleeping. Uh, you know, you're supposed to have 40 episodes of sleep apnea to be considered a uh, severe case. And I yeah. apparently had less than that. So, oh, he, so was show, he was telling me all about it. Did he also tell you, hey, at uh, 228, you had a nocturnal erection? Did he mention? <laughs> no, but I was kind of conscious about that. You know what I mean? Right, right. What if uh, you have kind of a dirty dream? Right. I mean, there were something. no wires attached there. But, yeah. uh, you know, what if, you know, there were wires attached to my hand? What if my hand accidentally <laughs> into my sleep, you know, right, scratched right. or something? Right. Exactly. Or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, How do well, I know they're not monitoring that? Whoa! What's that blood flow thing? <laughs> right. Uh, well, you know, when I was in the hospital, you know, with the colonoscopy, when I almost and I when I had a psychosomatic heart attack about my colonoscopy, um, I was. I mean, I was there overnight in the heart ward, but I was. I also was conscious too. I was like, you know, what happens? If I kind of have a dirty dream in the middle of the night or something and my heart rate starts going up, are they going to, is this going to be a code blue or something? I don't know. Or code blue balls. I don't know. What is it? You know? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Come on here. All right. So what's the next step? Are you? Uh, there's, there's no next step. I'm just going to live with it. That's my next step. That a boy. Most medical journals actually say that. I yeah. think this right. is uh, this is part of growing up German. All right, you just swallow it. Yep. Right. And hope yeah, it did, just fixes itself. Right. 
Right. And if you die, so be it. You die, you, you die. Headed, right. It's like, stop complaining. Nobody dies from sleep apnea. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it can cause, like, strokes and stuff, but, you know. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, All good right. luck with it. Thanks All so right. much. Do you have any minutiae for us since the show is called Minutia Men? Uh, I do. And uh, cue the Florida jingle. Oh, okay. Here we go. What's wrong with you, Florida? What's wrong with you, Florida? Man denied $100,000 jackpot because his friend pushed the button. <laughs> okay. Wait Jan Flato says that he allowed his friend to hit the button on the slot machine for luck, and he had no idea that the move would cost him a hundred grand. Flato says he was with his friend, Marina Navarro, and was playing video poker at the Seminole Hard Rock Cafe and Casino yeah. when he hit it big. So, so you know, think about this. He's at the slot machine. He goes, hey, Marina, why don't you go press this button? She presses the button, and there's bells and whistles and sparks goes off. So he won a hundred grand. Okay. So, so when it t- came time to collect the winnings, he uh, got some bad news. The managers, what they do when you get a big slot machine jackpot, which I've never gotten one, so I don't know, they review the tape to make sure that you know everything's okay, right? That there wasn't yeah, you know, you some sort like of fiddling with the machine or something. Whatever, yeah. right, yeah. exactly. So they analyzed the video and they noticed that uh, Marina was the one who, that she pressed the button. So they said... Sorry, dude. She gets the money, not you. Wait a minute. Yeah, it's uh, the the law is that the person who actually pushes the machine button or pulls the arm in the case of a slot machine is the person who wins the money. Even as long if as it's even if it's your money. Yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. doesn't seem right. Right. Well, okay. Big deal, right? Ha ha. I'll buy you dinner, right? Yeah. Uh, no, not so fast. Navarro took the money. And she's, <gasps> and, right. Uh, <laughs> and then, and this is my favorite part. Weeks later, she allegedly sent Flato a text message asking, hey, still hate me? <laughs> you know, I don't yes. Know, <laughs> I don't know if it was a picture of her in like Hawaii, you know, with, you know, I don't know. Or, uh, and, um, and he responded, yeah, how could you do that to me? And her response is, I miss you. Okay, she's just taunting him at this point. Wow, that's unbelievable. So then uh, it gets a little better. Navarro said uh, Flato became distressed when they found out. Oh, okay. So so he she's mad at him for getting pissed, basically. And I guess (laughs) and I guess he said some kind of nasty things to her. Yeah. And she says, yeah, I would have, too. Yeah, I, um, I was going to give you some of the winnings, but not after the texts, he, texts that he sent. Yeah. So as of this <laughs> oh my date God. today, she has the money. Now, am I wrong? Is She's totally wrong here, isn't isn't she? I mean, shouldn't she just have given him that money? Well, and he maybe about, gives her like a five grand uh, stipend yeah, for good yeah. luck or something. Push her fee or, you know, what I would have. But or now, even split it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But think about it. Maybe she did a cost-benefit analysis in her head yeah. immediately after she won the undergrad as to how much of a friendship this guy is worth, right? Yeah. And I started to think, okay, what's how our, many what's our number? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and I'm not sure it's a hundred grand. To be honest with you, you, you think it's I, like what eight grand? <laughs> uh, you know. I don't know. We'll have all these, you know, it's not like we won't have memories. We have 45 episodes of Minutia Med that I could listen to. Sure, that's true. Right. 
you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't really you know, text you very often, so what's no, the, you know? Right, uh, you know, I think a hundred grand. I think you're still worth more than a hundred grand, but I don't. Th- depending upon the tax rate, uh-huh. I don't think that much more. Well, you know what though, you mentioned the taxes. That actually, that's a legitimate point because if she gets the, uh, if she got the, the figure that that the money, then she would be taxed on that income, not him. Right, a hundred percent. She gets taxed, but if it's if she's at thirty one percent or whatever it is, forty eight percent, and if she did, you know Donald Trump, it might be one percent in a few weeks. Uh, you know she's still that's seventy grand. You know <laughs> yeah. that, that that's a lot of fret. That's a lot of no. But I'm saying you know then you know maybe she gives him seventy grand. You know it's his money. He just said no. to come and do this for good luck. Hey, I get it. I'm just saying that I think that she has a, maybe a business sense and she was doing a, a return on investment. And so you are so never I'm, pressing my buttons for me. <laughs> never, ever. Uh, um, the um, and, and one other thing real quick. So I started to research. Well, what is the value of a friendship? Like on Facebook, a friend is worth one hundred and seventy four bucks per Facebook. Is that right? Like, well, it's like if you're a if you're a friend of a company and follow a company basically you're worth 170 bucks to the to the company oh. but there but there is a uh, website called rentafriend.com <laughs> and it's not sex it's not sex it's purely platonic relationships that you go on rentafriend.com and you put your profile information and let's say somebody's visiting or new to a city or something they can rent a friend to show them around the city or whatever go bowling or what have you right it's 30 it's 30 bucks an hour is basically what you get wow so so 30 bucks an hour and let's say 70 grand net that's 2500 what is that that's like 2500 hours of friendship that's a lot of hours of friendship right (laughs) You have gone through the math on this one. I'm I'm a little alarmed. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little alarmed at how much you've taken this down to a dollars and cents level. You've got about four minutes left in this episode, to be honest with you. Time is money. Time is money. All right. What do you got? All right. Well, I got a story for you that's a little more uplifting than yours. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, This is uh, via the Miami Herald. Saturday's oh, Saturday's notice. Florida, you could do Florida. Yeah. Oh, you, you want to do it again? Sure. All right. Here we go. What's wrong with you, Florida? Okay. <laughs> Miami Herald. Um, Saturday's notice recalling an untold quantity of organic salad from Walmart stores across the southeastern United States tiptoes around the badness of the situation. What am I talking about? Fresh Express. Had to had to send a recall notice that says this. <laughs> this is so gross. Despite a range of stringent controls in place during growing and harvesting, some extraneous animal manner found its way into a single five ounce container of organic market side spring mix somewhere on the continent. All right, now we're that is the Fresh Express is the is Walmart. Right, the food at Walmart. Okay, so it's their private label or whatever. Okay. Two people in Florida reported eating some of the salad before a bat was found. A dead, decomposing (laughs) bat. 
which was turned over to the federal government. The deteriorated condition of the bat did not allow for CDC to definitively rule out if this bat had rabies or not. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't think I would eat ever again. Oh my! There's um actually a friend of um, a friend of ours, a neighbor, was drinking. I can't remember what the product was, and I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get sued. But a pig snout Ooh. was in it, you know, and and it was and it was like not even related to the drink. It wasn't like you know pig snout cola or you know you know I I I, I really I'll have to get the 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 details on it. But you know this kind of thing happens. It happens a lot, pretty regularly. Yeah. Did I did, did I ever tell you the story? I probably did. A case paper when the <laughs> finger got cut off. No. You, so, um, I you know when I was at Case Paper, uh, Ray Borsky, I'll never forget his name. <laughs> Ray Borsky was the cutter. He was the actual cutter guy. Okay. okay. So so you he puts the paper in the cutter and and they have safety. Have you ever been, you've been to a print shop for Eckhart's, sure, you know, yeah. right. So I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you're cutting big chunks of paper, you have to activate it by pressing two buttons on top. So your hand can never be anywhere near the paper. Okay. Okay. Follow me. Yeah. Well, um, at case paper, we had a thing called the, or we had a, a, a position called the helper. And what the helper would do is help bring the paper to the cutter. I don't really don't remember the the strategy or the logistics, but he, the helper would help put the paper in the, you know, in the cutter, then the cutter would cut it and it got very automated and very quick. Well, somehow through the process, the helper cut his finger. Ray Borsky. No, no. Ray Borsky was the cutter. Okay. Yeah. I don't even remember the helper that, you know, (laughs) the the guy guy with the disposable (laughs) finger. (laughs) Right. Exactly. He's the guy on Star Trek that gets killed in the first part of the episode. Right. I don't even know who the helper is. So he got his finger cut off. Well, the finger, we couldn't find the finger. Well, we, I wasn't really looking for the finger. So the timesheet, all the cutters had to um, abide by, or they had to, um, Disseminate. Oop, my uh, my phone's ringing. Um, what they had to do is they had to log every minute of the day, basically. You know, yeah, from uh-huh. ten to ten fifteen, we cut. You know, ABC printing's job, whatever. Well, he had to stop production, so on his timesheet he put, you know, ten fifty two to eleven seven. Tried to find the finger of helper. <laughs> Did they find it? I don't remember. Who cares? The joke is, is that he had to write it on his log sheet. Well, you know, at the end of the, the you got a long, you went a long way to get to that <laughs> point. By the way, uh, at the at the end of this article, they have a couple of stories here about fingers found in food. Yeah, um, there was a finger found in uh, Wendy's chili. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. There was one found in uh, custard at Cole's frozen custard. <laughs> Listen to this. This is gross. Uh, AP reported Clarence Stowers found a finger in his custard at Cole's Frozen Custard in Wilmington, North Carolina. But not before eating all the ice cream off the finger first. He reportedly thought it was candy and didn't realize it was even appendage. (laughs) So he was like licking it off the finger. (laughs) And then somebody's like, hey, what is that? Oh, that's a human finger. Now, the funny part is he kept the finger... <laughs> for evidence, sure. um, which meant that the guy could not get his finger reattached. 
He's like, hey, my finger. Ah, no, hey, I'm keeping this. Right. I am we're, keeping we're, this. Yeah. Word litigation now, pal. Not my problem. <laughs> and then the other one was this. This is also uh, this is a, uh, this happened in prison. You'd, you'd imagine something like this actually happening in prison. A California inmate. Philippe Roca was eating a dinner when he chewed on a crunchy object in his cornbread oh. and discovered a fingertip. Oh, I, uh, the I, inmate's attorney said Roca has become a vegetarian and lost 15 pounds because <laughs> he can't uh, eat meat anymore. Well, that's a great diet. It's a no carb <laughs> diet, right? Well, actually, fingers have all carbs or no carbs. Probably. Yeah, exactly. It's all protein. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're going to have um, I don't know if you noticed this while you're telling the story. I was actually gagging. You know, I have the worst. Yeah. I have the worst gag. I, I have no gag reflex. I mean, or I have a very. Uh, what would it say? Yeah, I have a very overactive very gag reflex. Weak. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very queasy stomach. Um, okay. okay, great. Well, uh, so, how much would the finger worth if a friend is worth <laughs> seventy thousand dollars? The fingers worth nothing, right? Uh, um, hey, I got a Jenkins. Oh, oh, hang on. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins. With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! Can this be a bigger employee screw-up than than putting your finger in a custard? (laughs) Um, It's not quite an employee, but it's just... uh, Jenkins can apply to just stupid people. Well, you know, what kind of an employee? Whatever. Um... Ohio carjacking duo stymied by stick shift. (laughs) Cleveland, Dateline, Cleveland, where the Chicago White Sox are playing today. Uh, Cleveland police say a 18-year-old serial carjacker, serial carjacker, (laughs) okay, uh, was arrested after his accomplice couldn't drive a stick shift even with some coaching from the victim <laughs> coaching from the victim. Okay. I've, I've, I've learned how to drive stick, you know, from my wife. And yeah. I got to tell you, not always the, the, the student, I don't know what kind of student teacher relationship they had here, but probably not that great. <laughs> that uh, might've been, it might've been a stressful situation. <laughs> right. Uh, Damari Wayne was charged with robbery. Police say he committed three armed carjackings between February 11th and February 21st. <laughs> police say police say Wayne and a 17-year-old boy attempted to steal a 23-year-old man's car on Feb-te- on Feb-temu, February 21st. The younger teen got in the driver's seat but was unable to operate the vehicle. That's when police say the duo turned the gun on their victim while he tried to explain how to use the gears. <laughs> so they carjack this guy. He's in the passenger or whatever. I mean, how do they do that? I mean, why even why even carjack if it doesn't even have automatic transmission? <laughs> I don't know. But well, what are you going to do with the car with it? Yeah, whatever. Uh, the duo eventually got so frustrated they ran off with the man's cell phone, which the police used to pinpoint the location and arrest them. These guys, so, these guys are real geniuses. I know. So, so, so they go in there. Oh shit! It's stick. I don't know how to drive stick. They point the gun to the guy. How do you drive stick? You know. And then the guy's like, "You move it to the left and don't <laughs> right. choke." Right. Right. <laughs> right. You have to you have to get a de- delicate bag, uh, uh, a delicate balance of the you know clutch and the whatever. Yeah. And then they're so pissed at him. Oh, f- screw it. Just give me your cell phone. And then they run away and then they get caught because of the cell phone. Well, you know, so, this is why I have never become a carjacker because of the stick because I can't drive stick either. 
the only handy thing I can do, the only manly thing I can do is drive stick. I think the two biggest shames in my life, and, and this is saying something because uh, there are many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, the two, as as a 53-year-old man, I cannot drive stick shift. All right. Yeah. So I, I've had to teach my sons how to drive. And so I just say to them, just, you know, you got to have automatic transmission because right, right, right. I can't teach it. Uh, that's, so that's one big shame. And, th- and my other big shame as a father is I don't know how to tie a tie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Didn't did I tie your tie at your dad's funeral? No, Mr. Reese, the next door neighbor did because my <laughs> okay. dad always tied my tie. And my dad right. died when I was right. in my early 20s and it, we were getting ready for the funeral. And all of a sudden I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> uh, I, who's gonna tie my tie for me do you not wear ties at our events actually you don't you just wear the sport coat uh well, right? I, have, you don't wear a tie? I have two ties that are tied in my closet they're full okay. they're ready to go because bridget uh, can tie ties <laughs> thank god uh i don't know what i would do and she, could drive, her. And she could drive stick she too. can drive stick yes uh so if i wanted to be a real jag I go to your house next time. If you time. wanted to be a real jag. <laughs> okay, all right, right. If I yeah, if I wanted to compromise our $32,000 friendship or whatever, I would go into your closet while you're in the bathroom when I'm at your house and I would untie the ties. Top. Yeah, that would really screw me over. Um, I'm trying to think what my biggest um, well, I, I think the fact that I can't use a hammer basically That's is shameful. Yeah. Uh, I mean I could use it, it's just not good. Um, and like this instance when the cable where with our internet when we were when we were trying to make our internet better for the podcast, I had, I couldn't even come close to that section of the house because I have no idea where all those wires are, what they do. Yeah, I don't so. either. I've I've hired Tommy as my IT guy, my old yeah. son. <clears throat> okay, well, yeah. that's a that's a good one. Uh, yeah. Time for our Cubs feature. Hey, I don't know if you saw it last night, but they've raised a flag, baby. Well, for, let me I, play the jingle first. Hang on. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. These aren't really jingles, by the way. They're... Oh, what was that? We have a guest. Is there somebody there? (laughs) Uh, It was like, what is Is that? Is that on your end? I don't know. Hold on. uh, She sounded nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't have any open screens, but it it happened right when you said, here's the jingle. So I would presume that that's Um, maybe on your, your end. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, it's a it's a birthday this week, Dave. Actually, uh, Chuck Connors. You know who Chuck Connors is? Remember Chuck Connors? The Rifleman. The Rifleman, of course. He was also a Chicago Cub. He played for the Cubs in the 1951 season and hit a whopping two home runs in his 200 at bats. Not Mm -hmm. really what you're looking for out of your first baseman. But for a rifleman, looking, you know, that's good for a rifleman. Well, right? this is it was really good for him because what it did was it sent him back to the minors, and at that time, the Cubs minor league team was in Los Angeles. Right. And right. while he was there, he was playing for the Cubs. He uh, got a bit part in a movie called Pat and Mike, starring Spencer Tracy, which led him to quit baseball for good, become a full time actor, and by 1958, he was the rifleman. Uh, how long did the rifleman go for? I'm looking Until at it. Until 63. Actually. He also oh. starred in Old Yeller, Soylent Green, and Roots, and is arguably the greatest Cubs actor of all time, other than Sammy Sosa during his corked bat press conference. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, wow. He died young. Yeah, he had lung cancer. You would think that the Rifleman probably smoked a lot of cigarettes, don't you think? Yeah, it was probably sponsored by Marlboro. (laughs) Right, right, right. So Uh, I've got a little quiz for you. Ready? We're going to play Rifleman character or Cubs teammate. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Now you got to close your screen there on the rifle. I, All right. I, I'm not right. I'm not. I'm not on. Go. All right. Hal Jeffcoat. Hal Jeffcoat. Hey, go to the ranch, Hal. Uh, I say Cub. Cub outfielder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rube Walker. That's a that's a Cub guy. I think I've heard of his name. Okay. Yeah. Cub sketcher. Okay. Micah Torrance. Micah Torrance, mm-hmm. Hispanic rifleman. I would say a farmhand on rifleman. Uh, and actually, the marshal. Okay, the marshal, right. yeah. Frank Sweeney. That's a rifleman character. He's That's a right. sheriff or something. He's a yeah, buddy. Okay. He's one of his yeah. buddies from the fictional okay. town of North Fork, New Mexico. Okay. How about Cal McLish? Now. That sounds like a rifleman character, but I know how your brain works, so I'm going to say Cub. Cub's a pitcher. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've broken your code long <laughs> ago, my friend. What about Warren Hacker? Hey, Warren Hacker. Uh, he's drunk again, Warren. Uh, I say rifleman character. Cub's pitcher. Oh, okay. And then the right. last one, Mark McCain. Rifleman character. Yeah, it's the son. Lucas McCain. Mark McCain I, was his son, played by Johnny think, Crawford, the uh, teen idol. I don't think I ever. Wa- I mean, I remember watching the opening credits of The Rifleman because it's him walking with that like shooting, right? With that like him cocking the gun a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think I ever watched an episode past that though. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, I, yeah I watched it in German. When we were in Germany, that show was on, like, during the day on German television. Yeah. Hello, it's me, Lucas. Yeah. Me, Gail. Yeah. Horse und Horse. Yeah. 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 Und, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that's, no, that's funny. Geh weg, now, that, doggy. Yeah. Und Augen und Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's, uh, so how do you say salty dog from Texas in German? Uh, salziger Hund aus Texas. <laughs> It's funny. All right. All right. Last last feature. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay. Pull a name out of the uh, Costco jar there, Dave, and I will tell the story of the time I met this person. One of the greatest chins in show business history. Jay Leno. Jay Leno. Jay Leno, this is this is a famous story uh, for anybody who was a listener of the John Landecker show back in the day, in the mid-90s. Um, do you remember how Letterman was the number one late show guy, and then all of a sudden Jay Leno came out of nowhere and, mm-hmm. and took over and became number one? And and what happened was he, he created this... Uh, he what he did is he hyper focused on the OJ Simpson trial and that catapulted him to success cuz that is all anybody talked about for an entire year in this country in 1995 well at the Landecker show we had a couple of parody songs about about uh 
O.J. Simpson, and one of them was called YDNA, which was uh, to the tune of YMCA. Mm-hmm. And we also did live performances. And one of the things that we used to do at these live performances is Vince and I would dress up as Judge Ito, and we would dance around on stage as dancing Itos, right? So very politically correct, I would imagine, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, we didn't put any, like, you know, oriental eyes on or anything, but, it, yeah. but you know. I think they're called Asian. Asian I don't think they're eyes, called- I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. All right, go on. Go on. But anyway, uh, we sent a copy of our song to Jay Leno because he was doing a lot of OJ jokes and we thought he might get a kick out of it. Well, what to our surprise happened was about, I don't know, five days after we sent this letter and package, all of a sudden, Jay Leno introduced this concept called the Dancing Itos. (laughs) And the dancing Itos came out there singing a parody song to the tune of YMCA. Uh, yeah, that's now yeah. our listeners freaked out. They yeah. freaked out and they bombarded Jay Leno. I mean, bombarded him with faxes and calls and letters. And and all of a sudden, one day I was taking a nap uh, in the middle of the afternoon because that's what you got to do when you do a morning right. show. And my wife knocks on the door and says, uh, Jay Leno's on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what? We, we call that Tuesday in the Kepfer yeah, household, yeah. right? Yeah. What does he want? You tell him I'm sick of him calling. <laughs> so I come out to the phone and I pick it up. And sure enough, hey, 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 it's me, Jay Leno. Okay. Um, I'm, more, I'm more interested in how, was it Gravely guy? Was it Rick Kempfer Gravely guy? Grumpy Grumpy, sleepy, gravelly guy that answered the phone. Oh, I mean, you, I, you were, know you, how last week you described that I was kind of a dick for a few years there. Yeah. I mean, that's the guy that answered the phone. Okay, why? Be- because I was tired all the time. Sure. Sure. But anyway, sure. I'm like, yes, hello, and I was already ticked off at him because he stole the bit. Right, of course. And he he said to me, uh, you know, I, I I just wanted to tell you that you know this is a complete coincidence. Yeah. There's no way I would have stolen that bit. I would have happily paid you guys a few shekels for it. And, you know, I said, well, you're going to have to come on the air and tell us that story tomorrow morning. And he said he would do it. Oh. And so, he, you know, he came on. And after I hung up, I'm like, well, how did Jay Leno get my phone number? <laughs> no kidding. That's the creepy part of so it. So yeah. I called the radio station and the receptionist is like, oh, I gave it to him. <laughs> you're not <laughs> supposed Leno. to give out my number. But, you know, fine. Whatever. It, it was Jay Leno. I, you know, I guess, I guess the celebrity part of it convinced her to do it. Uh, so the next morning, Jay Leno did come on the air and he did, you know, mea culpa or he did not mea culpa. He said the same thing he told me that it was just a coincidence. There's no way that uh, he would have stolen this from such a well-known radio personality yeah. in Chicago. You know, why would he do such a thing? And, and John more or less accepted his explanation. And then after he hung up, our phone lines were just swamped from, you know, for hours. People like, you tell Jay Leno, he's a yeah. thieving bastard. <laughs> yeah, Nobody yeah. believed him. Nobody yeah. believed him. It was just too much of a weird coincidence. I mean, what's the concept of these dancing judges? You know, is that that's a pretty weird yeah. concept. And then to have it be the exact same song that we did. A little odd. Uh, yeah. And then we yeah, found yeah. out that Jay Leno's writers 
had been in Chicago the week before that scouting out locations because Jay was just about to come to Chicago to do a week's worth of shows in Chicago. And I mean, they're all the coincidences lined up in, in that direction, but I've got no proof that they stole it. I've got no proof that, uh, that he wasn't telling the truth. And, you know, we, we accepted it at face value. Yeah. You know, his writers were basically like you and I were like, Hey, what do you got? I don't know. Listen to the radio. Hey, that's good. Let's do that. Okay, yeah. it, you know, just rip them off. Yeah, and they go, you know, what, let's go out to eat. They're just—they were just a couple of lazy writers. And they got know? an Italian beef sandwich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, um, well, if you like Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like. Well, Geek. Have you ever listened to Geek and Counter or Geek Counter Geek? I have heard Geek Counter Geek. Uh, uh, two guys, Keith Conrad and Elliot Serrano, um, and of course they tackled. One of life's conundrums, um, but Picard versus Kirk, who was their favorite, right? And that was the last episode. Um, and also they went on a, a whole jag on uh, uh, Dennis Quaid. Was he dreaming in Total Recall? Remember that scene? Yeah, no, I didn't. I never saw that movie. Um, it, uh, yeah, it was, the, I don't know. Was it a dream or not a dream? But anyways, if you want to, uh, if you want to listen to every week, they, tackle a geeky question in pulp in popular culture and um kirk versus picard for my money i'm a i'm a kirk guy i'm 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 firmly in team kirk you're a classic you're a classic rocker yeah exactly i'm old school i'm old testament okay well to uh the great talk radio isn't dead david has just moved to a better place which is radiomisfits.com to find out more about rick and dave you can check out eckhartspress.com and chicagoauthorsolutions.com and if you'd like to reach us you can drop us a line at minutiamenpodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be, we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?